everyone who uh, just performed outstanding. Let's give them all a round of applause for celebrating our Lord. You know, when Doug was sharing, and I was just thinking about that Mary Magdalene when he was out, she showed up everywhere. You know, the first celebration of Easter, celebration of the Lord rising, you look around here right now, there's, there's a couple of hundred people in here, plus. You know, all over the United States, all over the world, there's about two billion people celebrating the resurrection of Jesus today. You know, the first resurrection, the first resurrection, even though thousands and thousands of people were following Jesus and he had fed multitudes, on the first resurrection, the first Easter, Mary Magdalene was the only one in attendance. Even though he told his followers that he was going to rise again on the third day, she was the only one there to celebrate. You know, that's why we really want to focus on celebrating not just Jesus, but Jesus' message. It's so important. You know, you can celebrate someone without celebrating what they stand for. Do you guys understand what I mean? I know a few years ago, I was at a Martin Luther King uh, rally in January, about three years ago, and they were celebrating. It was thousands of people just marching up and down. They, they closed up Martin Luther King Boulevard, and people were just all nationalities of people, like in here, amen, <laughs> this is all good too, was just walking up and down the streets and everything. And then I saw on the left side of me, it was one rival gang, then it was all the people in the middle in peace. Then on the other side, it was another rival gang. And they were planning, once they got to Crenshaw Boulevard, to just start fighting. So I asked the one guy, I'm like, what's up with this? He goes, well, you know, it's Brother King's day. You know, he, he died to set us free. I said, you must have 1868 and 1963 mixed up. Because the race and the, 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 the set man free, or set slaves free over 3.1 billion happened when it was signed on January 1st. 1868, Dr. Martin Luther King stood for peace and freedom. He stood for all people, all nationalities, all colors, living together in harmony. And you know, when I think about Easter, and every Easter I celebrated up until I was 34 years old, I did not celebrate the message of Easter. What Jesus talked about, about living a, 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 a life that the sin hurt God. And it affected God, and, and God grieved over sin, and J Jesus wanted us to be with God, and he came to deliver a message. I started reading the Bible. Turn with me in, uh, to John chapter 14. You see, as we celebrate Jesus, we have to celebrate his message. And Jesus brought a lot of messages to earth, but there's three different areas I want to really cover. One is truth. He brought the truth. He exposed lies. Different lies that were being taught about how to come to the Father. Then he talked about messengers. We're going to start off with the truth. In John 14, verse 5, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, read this part with me please, no one comes to the Father except through me. How many times have you heard that you can just live a good life. Or no matter what religion you're in, just as long as you're part of some kind of a culture, some part of religion, or even taking it further, as long as you accept Jesus, your sins are forgiven. Or the fact that Jesus died over 2,000 years ago, he set all men free, and all men are sinless because of Jesus. If that was so, 
there would not have needed to be, Peter wouldn't have to preach that message in Acts 2.38 when he told them all that their sin was responsible for putting Jesus on the cross and they said, what do we need to do? It wouldn't be what we needed to do if 40, about 41 days before that, when Jesus rose from the dead, all sins were forgiven. He told them, well, you need to repent and get baptized for forgiveness of your sins. You see, we can't just celebrate the man without celebrating the message. You know, every relationship has criteria. I remember in 1989, I joined the Los Angeles Police Department. And I remember just the excitement of being able to help people, but that excitement came with some criteria. And I remember in March, just reading the application where it says, you know, if chosen, you'll come in for a drug test. Yeah, that's how kind of quiet it got to at my house. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to help people, but I don't know about this whole drug test. And I'm going to just be honest with you guys. Can I be honest with you guys? I, 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 I just sat in there and I was like, oh my God. I was 28 at the time. I quit smoking marijuana when I was 15 years old. The first time. And I quit about eight or nine different times up to 28. And, but I was a currently token smoking at that time. And I remember, man, tears coming down my eyes as I smoked my last joint that night. <laughs> I, just trying to be real. Because they had criteria, you know what I mean? That if I'm going to be in this relationship, they're going to test the brother out. And then I needed to wait a little bit before I applied so I could come out prayerfully squeaky clean. But I remember that was a lot of criteria. I'm reading the application. Usually when I got a job, I fill out one paper. And, and this was like about 23 papers. And on it, it's talking about the first thing you're going to come in is going to be a, you line up on the black line and, and we'll greet you there. So I'm thinking, okay, they're giving us some information. They're going to come greet us at the black line. I remember lined up in the black line. I had to cut my jerry curl off because I'm looking here at my hair standing. That was no more tears. Oh, but I want the relationship. And I remember standing on the black line and just waiting for them to come in and salute me and give my 34,000 a year, which they were going to give me at that time. And they came in and they yelled at us. And they, get what did they tell you on the black line? We didn't tell you before the black line. I'm like, well, what was all this? <laughs> what up with this? They had criteria. They told us to line up on the black line, not before the black And everything seemed like it was a new criteria. And, and I remember they would come in the classroom. They come in the classroom. Okay, we're going to go run five miles up hills. But when they came in, they said, had in books. Any police officer, LAPD back there heard the whole bad hat and books? If they came in and said hat and books, that means grab your hat and grab your books because you're getting ready to get fired. We started off with 144 people in my class. By the time that six months was over, we graduated at 67. Because they would look through and they'll see, oh, such and such has a warrant. They didn't do all the backgrounds before. And they come in, get a last name, hat and books. Every time they came in, seriously, and they said, had in books, all of us would get nervous. All of us, including me. <laughs> and they had all these criteria. And then even after we graduated from the academy, throughout the years, so many different people would get pulled in. One of my classmates got pulled over by highway patrol and just happened, they wanted to see what was in the trunk of her car, somebody she had killed. Another person just made Metro, just made Metro Division, Metropolitan, and they were following him and found out this guy was smuggling steroids all over the country. 
and on and on. You know, Jesus says in John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. As we celebrated Easter today, we got to look at not just the man, but his messages. In uh, Matthew chapter 7, please turn with me. In Matthew chapter 7, we're going to look at lies. Jesus said there was a lot of lies. There's a lot of lies of people talking about how to get to heaven outside of me. And he says in Matthew 7 verse 15, he says, Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. So you look at fruits and what is that? That's that's behavior, ways of life. If I came up here and I said, hey, according to the scripture, follow Jesus, it's the only way. But then I told you guys something outside the Bible like, hey, look, we all need to do cocaine to get to heaven. Amen? He, okay, by this particular person's fruit, by, by what he says, or you see me in some kind of club I shouldn't be in. He said, hey, watch out. Jesus says, watch out for them. And you know, in uh, 1931, there was a, a little boy born to a, a guy who was a World War I vet and his wife, and he was born in Indiana. This kid grew up and he started reading a lot of books. He was passionate. As a little kid, he would read biographies of Gandhi and Hitler and he would, different people, he would circle their attributes and circle their flaws, and he would study them very well. As a teenager, he focused on just going to church, and he fell in love with the Bible, and he became so passionate about the Bible, he started leading the youth group. He led it with so much passion that when his best friend decided he didn't want to come to church anymore, this kid grabbed his father's gun and shot at the guy's shadow. Said, you're not with me. And this guy became very popular in the 50s. He was a Caucasian guy, and he just set out to really help minorities and everything. So he had all type of people join him. Anybody heard of the People's Temple? Jim Jones grew up in Indiana, but then he moved to Los Angeles. And actually, downtown was one of the churches he had, downtown L.A. And he had another one in San Francisco. And then after a while, the, the, the media started really like paying attention to the fact that drugs were, he was abusing drugs, and he had all this type of sex things and everything. And they started to come and try to close down the temple. So he moved all his congregation to Guyana, over in South America. And there... He would come up, he came up with this philosophy called translation. And translation was that all of the people of God was supposed to die together and was supposed to resurrect together on another planet to live forever. So they would have these resurrection drills where they would drink this poison, pretend to drink poison, and they would die. Well, after Congressman Ryan found out about these things, after he moved his people to Guyana and found out that some of the people wanted to come back, he flew over there and Jones said, hey, look, you can look around, none of these people want to leave. And, and he had about 16 people who said, hey, can we go back with you to Congressman Jones? And so, I mean, uh, Congressman Ryan and Jones said, okay, they can go. But at the airport, Jones kind of tripped out there and he sent his posse there and they killed Congressman Ryan along with those 16, well, part of those 16 other Three other people were from the press. So Jones realized that we can't keep going on here, so he ordered all the people to drink Kool-Aid. This Kool-Aid mixed with the cyanide and everything. He said, hey, we're going to die and go to another planet together. Then he killed himself. Jesus said, watch out for false prophets. By their fruits, you're recognizing. You know, 
You see that and you go, that's so obvious, drinking a deadly poison. But you don't realize, what we don't realize is that Jesus also laid the foundation of other things that are wrong. Look with me at Matthew chapter 23. That may not seem so obvious unless we listen to his message. In Matthew 23, 8, Jesus, the Savior who we're all celebrating all over the world right now in all these different churches, he says, but you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And do not, so you don't think I'm saying this. He says, and do not what? Call anybody what? On our father. Father Gonzalez. Father this, father that. He said, don't do it. On earth, he says, for you all have one father in heaven and earth. Do you see some of these things going around today? Where people celebrate the man but not his message. See, Jones's people called him Father Jones. And when you start doing that, Jesus says, you're kind of taking the God out of God and you're putting it on a man. My name is Tony. Don't call me Father Nothing because Jesus said, one, not to, and another thing, you're not my kids. It's just that simple. But do you notice where this is going on around the world? Let me show you something else. In Exodus, and you just write this down for the sake of time. In Exodus 20, in verse 4, God says, he sends his message through Moses. He says, you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven. You ever see something made as an image that's supposed to be of Jesus? Or supposed to be of Mary? Or supposed to be of a saint something when the Bible teaches us that we all who follow Christ are saints? And I'm not supposed to make an image of even more. Because he said, don't do it. He says in heaven, or of the earth beneath, or the waters below, you shall not bow down to them or worship them. This is going on all over the world today. And people are being led, just like in Guyana, unfortunately, those poor souls led astray. Over 918 people died in that situation. But you know what? All over the world, people are perishing because just like when Jesus died and rose again, there was one person who listened to him that he was coming back, who loved him enough to even go to the, to the tomb, just in that glimpse of hope. I know myself, there's been tons of times I would think about Jesus, my Savior, but not listen to his message of who's going to make it, who's not going to make it. John chapter 5. You know, does anybody know of this very important date here, April 29th, 1992, something that happened then? L.A. riots. A young man by the name of Reginald Denny was pulled out of his truck and beat half to death after the judge had, in Simi Valley, had uh, cleared the officers who had, uh, in this whole Rodney King situation, I know y'all want me to say beat, this is being taped. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> you know what happened if you watch the video there. Judge said, innocent. The mayor at the time, Tom Bradley, gets on the radio and he tells the people of his community in Los Angeles, you need to go show your anger. Okay, now if you tell some of you guys in here to show your anger, that's one thing. You get a little stick and a sign, right? We want 
justice. We, you tell some Crips and some Bloods and some 18th Streeters gonna show you anger. You got a whole lot of stuff getting ready to start happening. And they're not only that, but when I signed up to be a police officer, I said, you know what, I am going to protect the people of the city. The watch commander at that time, this is all on the news, this is going on, and people, more troops are being sent out, more officers, including me, was being sent over there, but we were told not to go, I wasn't there at the time, but we were told not to go out in the middle of the street, not do anything, because if you're trying to save Reginald Denny, so many other people, so much more riots would happen. And I asked you, what would you do in that situation? It's not easy for you to think about it because you're not, most of you are not police officers. But let me ask you like this. What if you looked on the news and you were police officers, but that was your son out there? Or your mother or your father or your daughter or your girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, good friend? What would you do? Your grandmother? You're going out there, right? Jesus says right here in John 5, verse 28. I know I'm talking to some strong stuff here for Easter Sunday, but I'm, I'm trying to make sure we celebrate the man's message when he came to earth, amen? He says, do not, in John 5, 28, do not be amazed at this, for the time is coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come out. When all, every person, those who have, and we gotta get this right right here, he says those who done what is good, not those who are good, because he said at one time, ain't nobody good. He said, why you call me good? There's no good. But he says, those who have done what is good will rise to live. But those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. You know, you think of every sin that man does is selfishness. You can link up selfishness to it. Why did you steal? Because I want it. Why did you kill? Because he looked at me this way. I needed that inside that store. Why did you cheat on the, the situation related? Because I wasn't getting what I wanted out of the situation because of what I saw was good. See, this is all going back. I remember a friend of mine from high school, he, you know, I hadn't saw him in years, and I saw him, and, uh, and I said, hey, what's been going on? He goes, well, you know, I, I, I'm almost finished with my uh, domestic uh, violence classes. I said, what happened? This guy was, seemed like one of the nicest kids in school. He said, well, you know, I have this, I have this girlfriend he mentioned. I knew who she was. He goes, she's going to put this case on me. So, you know, I, I don't know about you guys. I like hearing stories. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what was the case? Well, she said, I tried to run her off the freeway. I said, oh, how close were you to her car? He, well, you know what? Bottom line was, I, I did try to run her off, but... Not because, I mean, I shouldn't be going to say your manners. I did that because I love her. So, ooh, he got a, I didn't want to tell him because I wanted to finish hearing the story, but I'm like, hey, love, you got a strong, strong feeling about this thing you call love here that don't seem to match up. And I said, what's, what's the, well, I tried to show her how much I love her and she didn't want to be with me, so I kept trying to show her. And people, really, when we think about it, our definition of sin, when you match it up with anything, it comes down to selfishness. And Jesus, when he came to earth, he was looking for people who would not only live by the truth, but would do what I'm doing and what Doug and other people did today in Edgar over here, sharing with you the truth. Not holding back any part of the Bible, but would tell you what Jesus said. He 
was looking not only for people who would stop following false teachers, but he was looking for other people who would warn other people. Because he said one day, everybody's going to come out the grave. And they might not be, in your mind, your brothers or your sisters, but in his mind they were because God, one father, created everyone. And no matter what, he created them. He was their father. He was their Lord. Him and God. He says, hey, so what I want you to do is warn the people. That's what he told Moses. Jesus was always, God was always looking for messengers. He told Moses, hey, warn the, uh, go tell warn, warn Pharaoh. He goes, let my people go. He said he was going to tell Pharaoh. He was going to free his people. Then he tells Moses to go. He tells Ezekiel, look, Ezekiel, go tell these people this is wrong. And then Jesus comes on and he comes as God's messenger, but he's looking for other messengers. The third thing Jesus talked about was messengers. He talked about rise from the dead, and then he came back when he rose from the dead. Everybody was sitting around just fishing the people who was closest to him. He says, hey, look, love those people. Go take care of them. Go feed my sheep. Feed them what? He said, man, don't live by bread alone. And so you see the cycle happening right there where the messengers of God start rising. And they start going to preach and teach other people. And I'm not talking about just preaching like here at a pulpit, but if you really care about somebody and they were in the middle of the street back in 1992 in that riot, would you or would you not go there to help them? Yes or no? True faith, he said, if you know people who, you got all these false teachers who's teaching all these things, if you really know and you really believe that, you would go help people. And he said when he comes back, that's what he's looking at. He, he didn't teach a fuzzy thing when it came to Easter about bunnies and stuff, even though, hey, kids like all that stuff. He came down and he said, I'm giving my blood. It's not going to just be to forgive all sins, but everyone who hears my words will have an opportunity to understand what my standards are and my father's standards are of having their sins forgiven. And then we can all rise together. We can all be together. Acts 18, just write this down in verse 24. As we see, when all the disciples got together in the book of Acts, they started going out and they started delivering the message of God to set free, people free. Even Aquila and Priscilla, when they saw Apollos, and even though he spoke fervently about the word of God, and the Bible says he spoke accurately about Jesus, even though he only knew John's baptism about getting baptized because somebody's coming. But he didn't understand the baptism of, you need to repent as an adult from your sins. You need to turn away from them. You need to consider what the cost of following me. What's the cost of following you, Jesus? For one, I'm the truth. I'm the only truth. Another thing, there's a lot of lies out there being taught. You need to go warn people as a messenger. Bible says in 1 John, as uh, John was led by the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit said to him in about 90 AD, about 90 AD to about 110, somewhere around there, he says, anyone who claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Jesus was God's messenger. Not just the messenger to the lost world, but Jesus also messenger to his people. And as followers, we have to teach, we have to help each other make it. Because the Bible says everybody ain't gonna make it. I'm gonna close out right now. Turn with me in Revelation 3. This time I'm gonna just this point here is for Tony about messengers. I realized after really just following God throughout years that I wasn't really his messenger anymore. I got to a point in my walk about five years ago 
where I'm beyond, I'll just be honest with you guys. And it wasn't in a bad way, but I could care less what you heard from me helping you hear about the Bible. I so focus back on myself, like the old Tony Newsom, who was drowned in sins. I just focus on me. One of the scriptures that helped me out in Revelation 3.14, it says, To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds. You are neither cold or hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. And I looked up in the dictionary, lukewarm, says slightly warm, especially when expected to be hot. Lacks enthusiasm, or shows a little enthusiasm, but lacks true enthusiasm or support. And then he gave an example in one of the other dictionaries. Here's an example of lukewarm. Take a cup of coffee this hot and steaming and leave it on the counter for about 30 minutes to an hour and then try to drink it. And Jesus is saying, you're not cold, you're not here, you're here, but you're not delivering my message. Or you're not living the truth by the truth. Or you're not helping other people see the falseness. He's saying, man, what happened in L.A. so many ways in April 29th of 1992, it wasn't just L.A. He says everybody is going to rise at the end. And some people are going to go off into everlasting fire. And some people are going to go and live with me forever. Help the people hear this. This is the man's message. This is what Easter is all about with the, when we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Don't leave his message out. Amen. He says something exciting in Revelation when you go down to verse 21. He says to the one who's victorious, I would give the right to sit with me on my throne. Amen. He says, man, if we do this and we live like this and we care about people and we care about people and we care about people because every sin leads back to selfishness. But we care about others and helping others. And we care about God and what's important to him. He says right here, he said, I give the right to sit on my throne just as I was victorious to sit down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the spirit says to the church this morning. I added on this morning. Revelation 12, closing. In verse 1. God says, through Jesus, he says, because we have an enemy, just like Adam and Eve had an enemy, he said, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and what by what? The word. And the word of what? Their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death, which I did at that time. I cared more about my life. I, I didn't care about what's the truth of God at the time of helping other people. And I'm thinking I was living the life of someone who was hot by God. He says, man, if they, the people don't love their lives, but they care about others and, and the word of their testimony, as we live like this and we share like this, there are tons of people who don't know the truth of the body. There are tons of people here who do know the truth. If we live our life and help people, not only are we really celebrating the celebration, the real celebration, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but we're helping others do that too. To God be the glory. Bob's going to give you some specifics here of some things you can do to put this into practice. God be the glory.
Amen. Happy Easter. Thank you so much, Tony, for uh, delivering that message. Uh, only as Tony can. We're super appreciative of you, bro. Let's give Tony another round of applause. You know, I'm going to start out by saying uh, the temple has another event here, family. Uh, we probably need to exit here by about five after at latest. So I'm going to really uh, only announce 